Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Transitions are a little rusty this morning. Pastor Nick has not been feeling well, not COVID, so we're, we're claiming that in a positive way. Um, and, you know, well, how do you know, Pastor? Well, typically when anyone's been sick, if it's with their stomach or head colds, it's not really COVID. So we're just claiming that. But the flu is still going around. So um, many students that are coming back for campus, that starts in person this coming week. A uh, lot of reports on students already being sick and even teachers. So we're taking things one day at a time, right? But is God still in control? Absolutely. Okay, let me ask you something this morning. <clears throat> Have you ever felt like your voice doesn't count? Have you ever felt that uh, maybe you were the only one that was saying anything? Um, I had, and my, my wife can confirm this, I, I know I've got to exaggerate this a little bit, but just we've got a, a cousin who is so brilliant. When he was, he graduated high school at a very young age, uh, one of the youngest at that time, one of the youngest students to be admitted into Harvard University, uh, graduated with his doctorate of medicine and his PhD before he was 25. And that's, that's, just, that's just when he wasn't doing well. Okay, I'm just, that's very sarcastic, I told you. He is now the dean at Florida International University College of Medicine. And he's an expert in bone marrow transplant, transplantation and international authority on glycoscience, which concerns the role of sugar in biological systems. Now I say that, when I get around him, I don't have a voice. Okay? We were at a wedding a few years ago, and, and he came over, and I'm just standing there eating my appetizers all by myself, minding my own business, and he happens to know that I teach at a local school here, and one of the classes I had just wrapped up that semester was ethics. So he came over, and we started talking about that, and he said, John, I've developed a branch of science, glycoscience. It's concerned with the role of sugar in biological systems that yield strategies to optimize cell-based therapeutic regenerated damaged tissue. And occasionally we have to use embryonic cells to develop that research. Please tell me. And he named all the different boards that he serves on. International, Barcelona, Sweden, you name it, he serves. And when he finished asking me this question, the only thing I knew to say was, have you tried the quiche? This stuff is delicious. Because I learned a long time ago that if you try to have a voice where you really don't have a voice, you really don't have a voice. When you try to speak into something that you know not of, and see, that freezes us in our tracks right there. Because we just assume 
We don't know anything. We just assume that we're not prepared for anything. So when I talk, for instance, if I, I talk to plumbers, and, and I'm, I'm, I would call myself a self-taught, thank God for YouTube, handyman. Okay? So I can do a little plumbing. I can do a little of this. I've hung a window. I've, I've hit every finger on my hand with a hammer. That counts. Now, I say that because when I get in a room full of contractors, I don't say a word. When I get around people who I know they know, I don't prove that I don't. Okay? Now, why am I even saying this? Because I've experienced times when I'm around people or conversations that I know I don't have a voice. Have you? Have you felt yourself in those situations? How about during the pandemic? So now during 2020 and even moving into 2021, we've experienced all this isolation and just maybe you feel like, I don't have a voice because no one's even paying attention anymore. I don't have a voice because I'm not in contact with people like I used to be. I don't have a voice because I don't see people, or, or your only voice is Facebook. Do I really need to go there? Because you know everything's always the truth on Facebook, right? So we always have a voice on Facebook, but it's never really your voice. I think we all sort of feel this a little bit this morning. I'm talking, if you, want to, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 1. Now I'm going to set this up because I'm going to start reading at verse 19 in just a moment. But the writer of John, we're talking about John the Baptist for a few moments this morning. And the writer of John is not John the Baptist. But all the Gospels mention John the Baptist. Matthew chapter 3, Mark chapter 1, Luke chapter 3, and now John chapter 1. They all mention John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. But John is the only one that sets it up the way he does. Because he wants us to understand that we do have a voice. We do have a voice. It's not based on your. Uh, it's not based on your incredible intellect. It's based on your experience. It's not based on how many years of education you've had. But maybe if if there was a degree in neology. How much time you spend in prayer. You see, sometimes we we need to understand our voice. And I'll describe what I mean by voice here in a moment. Our, our voice is, is a powerful instrument that God wants to use. But it's not necessarily your words the world is interested in. That's why I believe John starts off, before he gets to John the Baptist, he starts off by reminding us who the word is before he talks about the voice. And, and I'm just going to set this up as, as we get ready for verse 19. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and He's speaking of Jesus Christ. In Him was life, the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the doctor, darkness has not overcome it. And then He says, and then there was a man named John. He came as a witness 
to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to just describe this as we get to verse 19. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh. Jesus came to us and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of this. He, he tells us now three different times that John bore witness. John, bore, John was a witness. I've got it later on in the message, but how many of you understand what Jesus told us to do in the first book of Acts before he ascended? Go wait for the power. After that, you receive the power. You shall be my witnesses. So John, John bears witness, and he, the writer of John makes sure we understand John didn't come to be Jesus. Jesus is the word. But John was the witness to the word. Of the only glory of the Father, the Son, full of grace, John bore witness of this. He says, he who comes before me ranks before me because he was before me. <laughs> I'm going to get off track today a lot, I can tell. So I, I want to try to stay focused. But listen, whatever you're going through this morning, I'm speaking to somebody right now. Whatever you're personally going through, he was here before you got here. He's walked through valleys deeper than you can ever imagine. He was before. And not, not being sarcastic at all, there's nothing you're going through that when you cry out to him, bothers him. Even in our moments when we say, God, why me? With a lot more volume. He's not taken by surprise. He was here before. Amen? And, and John understood this. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is of the Father. But God made him known. So now what does verse 19 say? That this is the testimony of John. That when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. There's one little phrase there that I want to focus on for just a few moments. I am the voice of one. A couple of things about this passage very quickly. Um, John wasn't saying, I've got an army. He said, I'm just one voice. I'm just one voice. I'm not even waiting till there's two of us before I start talking. I'm just going to start pouring out what God has been pouring in. You see, when you understand that you're the vessel and the word's already in you, it's not about what am I going to say. It's making sure you're staying in the word. And the most simplest thing that you say to someone or the most simple action when the word comes out, that's what you want to get out. The world's not really interested in our opinions. 
They may say, what do you think? Now, please don't be offended. I have people come to me all the time, Pastor, I need to see you. I need counseling. That's a lie. <laughs> and please don't be offended if you've, if, you've been, if you've come to me about that. I just know that that's a lie straight up because really when people say, I want counseling, what they're really saying, that's just the only way they know how to ask for it, is, Pastor, would you please just listen to me for 30 minutes? I just want to say, I, I, gotta, I just got to... I got to get some stuff off my chest. I got some stuff bothering me. I don't know who to talk to. Pastor, will you please listen? And I always tell you this straight up. I'm a terrible counselor. And I'm working on it. But I'm not a very good counselor. Why? Because I'm old enough that I've seen when people start talking down different roads, I already know where they're going. And, and I have a tendency to say, as soon as they take a breath, I'm like, okay, wait, let me just stop you. Just, just, just for a second. Here's what you need to do. Any more questions? But see, they're not really there for that. They're not. I, I can give people the best advice in the world according to the word, but, but they're not really there for that. They want help, and please, not that they don't respond to the word, I, so please keep coming for counseling. I'm never going back there again. <laughs> here's, here's the reality people want to just be heard they really don't want your opinion they really don't even know what they, they don't really care about what you think it's like today for instance somebody's bound to ask hey what team are you rooting for they don't care you know you might say well I'm reading well you know they just ask a question they really don't care they're just trying to be nice here's what I'm saying what you say matters. Our, we have a voice. It does matter. John here understood that what he was sharing with people was not just trying to work something up. He knew what they needed, but he wasn't trying to work something up. He was speaking the word. That's why John starts this chapter by saying, in the beginning, before John the Baptist, was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And we have the written word. Why is that important? Because we have a voice. Matthew, Mark, and Luke basically give us the same description here when they describe John the Baptist. All of them say, when John is asked, who are you? He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And I love when you break that down and go back to the original Greek. Listen, I'm not going to wear you out this morning with this. But in many cases, when we get a Western eyes or an English translation, we try to put commas and periods where we think they belong. In the Greek, there are no commas and periods. And what happens in this passage, when, and it's probably going to say it right there in your Bible in a footnote, but instead of saying crying in the wilderness, like he was crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way, no, he would say crying. In the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. Now, it, it in essence makes the same statement, but it emphasizes more of this. You're going to have a voice in places you don't expect. You're going to have a voice in places you don't expect. Let me break this down for a few minutes. Um, what is a voice? Well, if you take, I was a vocal performance major in my undergrad work, many years ago. 
many years ago. Did I emphasize that? So I was training in classical music and all that fun stuff. And for many years sang operas, arias, Handel's Messiah, all that fun stuff. Now here's, here's, my, here's my conclusion. I can tell you how to sing. It's just air pushing through your vocal cords. And if you practice enough, what comes out sounds good. How you hold your mouth, how you form phrases will help people that hear it make sense. But see, you need to understand, if somebody wants to, they can just make noise by pushing air through their vocal cords. But if they don't work at it making sense, it will not make sense. It will be a sound. I think the Bible calls it a joyful noise. Right? But that, that's just how we, when we talk about a voice, that's how we speak. Air coming through the vocal cords, your mouth forming syllables, words that will make sense when that energy is released. But that definition of voice is not all I'm talking about this morning. See, because some of you, what you say, how you speak or how you sing is just one aspect of the voice that we have. You see, what I'm talking about, the fact is that your life is an instrument in the hand of God. Your life is a tool in the hands of God. You are a channel of his power. You are a channel of his grace. You are a channel of his Holy Spirit at work in people's lives all around you. You are a means of expressing God's word. So here's my first point this morning. You have a voice. You have a voice. This doesn't matter if you can sing. That's not what I'm talking about. If you have a gift of singing, we have a praise team. Get involved. If you have a voice that, that, that can be projected, and, and even you say, well, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a preacher, become a, a baseball coach and we'll put you at third base. And you can scream at kids as they're rounding second. I mean, there's ways to use your voice. But here's my point. It's not just about your verbal abilities. It's you have gifts and talents that only you have. You have jobs that only you can do. You have relationships that only you have. You have voice and access. You have expressions. You have channels. You have ways of connecting with people that no one else will have except you. That's why you need to understand you have a voice. Well, I'm not called to preach. I'm not called to pastor. I'm not talking about that. Can you hear that in my voice? I'm not referring to that. What I am saying is, God has created in you and through you the possibilities of his word being lived out in you. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there's only one reason why. It's to prepare a way for the Lord. Now, John the Baptist, we've already experienced the the, the, um, truth and grace of Jesus Christ that John the Baptist was talking about because he was entering and, and introducing Jesus to the world. His message was repent and be baptized. Turn from your wicked ways. Why? Because there's one coming after me that's not going to baptize with water but with fire. He's preaching what some would call an eschatological, immediate, get right with God, he's coming. 
Well, he was right. Jesus was coming. And he even goes so far as to say, listen, I'm not the great one. There's a lot of lessons here. I'm not the great one. The great one's coming after me. He's so great, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. You think I'm somebody. The Messiah I'm talking about, I'm I'm not even worthy to bow down and wipe the dust off of his sandals. Now, what is he saying? First of all, for us, we have to know who we are. You have to know who you are, and are you ready? Who you're not. You're not the Messiah, so relax. You already have the answer, but you don't have to have all the answers. Does that make sense? Some of us think that if we don't have the answer for everything, then we start getting anxious, and anxiety moves in, and and the world does that to us, because we think that we have access to everything. No, you don't. You have access to the title of everything. You can go online and Google, and it just gives you titles. Unless you get in there and discover what everything's really talking about, you only know just enough to get yourself in trouble. That's why we live with such anxiety. We, we, we carry the titles that we want everybody to think we can carry, but we really don't know what we're doing. And you got real quiet. All right, everybody, everybody streaming just shouted on that one, and you got real quiet. But see, listen, it's not about your skills, it's not about your gifts, it's not about your work or how good you are. God uses all those things. He uses your passion. He uses your gifts. He uses your skills. Not just the auditory skills. When we say voice, don't limit yourself to that. What is your voice? What is your impact? What is your influence? Because you have one. You have one. Jesus is the word. You are the messenger. Jesus is the word, you are the voice. How is he speaking through you? Um, Maybe it's through your employment. Maybe it's through your family relationships. Maybe it's through, now see, I know it, it would be easy if we were having prayer for things. Those are the first things. If you could really pray for my job, if you could really pray for my family. Well, we need to pray for all those things. But when's the last time you said, God, thank you for giving influence to me and my family. Now help your word come out powerfully the next time I see him. That was another good place for an amen. And I'll tell you why we'd rather pray and hope God does something than us be a vessel and be used. We, we would rather pray and have God do something miraculous than letting the miracle be you. Uh, old, I, I, I don't even want to mention the evangelist's name, Um, because some of you may like him or may not, but he had a phrase that I heard one time, and I really don't listen to him a whole lot years ago. He said, I just want to be the spout where the glory comes out. In other words, I don't have to get all the fame and fortune. I just, when people come to me and, and they say, I'm thirsty, all I have to do is, and just let God move in their life, but I've got to be willing to turn that spout on. However God uses you, it may be what you say, it may be what you do, it may be how you live. And and I know this could be convicting for a lot of us because honestly, and I'm speaking for myself right now, if you make a lot of mistakes in your life from week to week, you'll be easily one of those folks who say, you know what, I'm just not going to try anymore. 
Because the last time I tried to be nice, it just didn't work out. You know? But here's what keeps me going. I'm married to an incredible woman who, if she has to, every day will say, would you be, please be nice? It's like, she's like, read the word part B. <laughs> and so I have that kind of encouragement. Plus, then you get in the word. Then you get around other people. And it's not just about constantly being reminded about how bad you are. It's constantly being reminded of how transformed God is moving through our lives and transformations taking place. Why? He doesn't want us just to be nice, transformed vessels sitting on a shelf empty. He wants you to be a voice. Am I making any sense? He wants you to be a voice. Why? Because you have a message. What is that message? His word in you. Now, it's the same word. It's the same word of God, but guess why it's different? It's because it works through you. He saves us, but what does it look like through you? He has redeemed you, but what does it look like in your backyard? He has bought you with a great price, but what about your life experiences? You see, all of us have a different way of being able to express that. We have a different opportunity of being able to express that. And you can't Here's the other thing. You can't go through the motions with this without being found out about this. You can't pretend to be a vessel of the word because if the word's not coming out, people will see it. Don't beat yourself up. Just fess up. Amen? Fess up and you say, Lord, here I am. Fill me. Fresh and anew. I hope I'm making sense. Here, here are ways, maybe some of you are saying, well, pastor, I don't really know... I, what do you mean? I don't even know if I have a voice. You have a voice. Todd Henry wrote a book several years ago, Louder Than Words, and he just gave out 10 basic ways of how you can find your voice. Now, these are very biblical, but I don't have time to break them all down biblically because that would mean 10 points. Let me say amen. He says, what makes you angry? What makes you angry? You, know, you want to know maybe where your voice is? What is that thing that makes you angry? Inequality? Hunger? Things that aren't going, people being treated wrong? Does that make you angry? That could be that you have a voice for that. How about what makes you cry? What have you mastered? What areas in your life have you become very, very good at? Maybe God wants to use you there. What gives you hope? As a child, you did, um, as a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? Hello? How, can, how many can remember back that far? How many, listen, don't raise your hands on this one. How many have given up dreaming? I talked to so many people. They've stopped dreaming. They've stopped. When you say, what do you want to be, they can't tell you. When you say, where do you see yourself in five years, all they can say is, not here. They can't see, they can't see far. They, they can't, all they can see is the failure they've had. All they can see is the track record. All they can see is the, the missed opportunities. But see, when you start looking at where God has plans for you, you start to get hungry for that. What would you do if you had all the money in the world? 
Okay, now, true confession is here, guys. Now, I don't mean me. I mean you. How many of you sat down with a calculator this last week? So, you know, some, someone, um, someone in Michigan became a billionaire Friday night. One ticket. I'm hoping it was a friend. All right? But now, here's, here's my point. How many of us in our minds thought when we would hear that on the news, man, what I could do with a billion dollars? What I could, what is that after taxes? Okay. The take home on a billion dollars would be, see, I, I knew you did it. I knew you did it. Now, here, here's, here's my point. Think about what you would do if there was no way you could fail. I know some of you are having high school flashbacks right now because these are all the high school counselor questions. Um, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Where are your passions? Now, the reason I'm even talking about this is when you start asking yourself, where do I have a voice? I don't have a voice. Yeah, it's in you. It's in you. You just got to start saying, God, what is it that bothers me? What is it that I'm, that I'm constantly wrestling with about? What is it, Lord, that, that keeps cropping up? Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know how that fits into my life, but can I tell you something? I'm not sure how it fits into any of our lives because until we get uncomfortable about stuff, you're never really to deal with stuff. Here's the best one out of the whole list. You ready? If you had one day left to live, what would you do? And see, all the spiritual people, well, I would just want to tell Everybody, I love you. Well, why don't you start now? That's, that's what he's getting at. I would want to make sure all of my family know I love them. Well, don't wait till the last day. What he gets at is get in there and start getting it done. Um, what he's saying is let that be your voice. Be the person in the family that at every family reunion, we don't know what they're good for, but they love everybody. You know. Don't let them cook, but they love everybody. You know, we don't know. And, and I, I'm, I'm being very serious. Why wait till the last day of your life to do the thing that you would do on the last day of your life? I want to make sure that, that people know I'm a man of God. Start being a man of God right now. I want to make sure that I'm the kind of vessel that when people get around me, they're not glad to see me leave. Start being that way right now. I want to start being the kind of person that I'm, I, I'm a student of the word and I know the word of God. And when someone comes to me, I can sit down and defend and tell them what God is probably trying to do in their life. That means I don't want to wait to the last day. I want to start studying now. Some of us, that's why I, I really prayed at the beginning of the service. Some of us are in this holding pattern waiting for God to give us a platform. You're never going to get a platform. I think you just spoke a negative word over us. You're never going to get a platform. That's not prophetic. That's common sense. If, you're, if, if, you're not, if you don't have enough energy to build a step, you're not going up. Lay the groundwork for a step. Take that step, and you're one step closer. Okay? My point is, this isn't about you don't have to work for anything. If you go back to look at John the Baptist, am I making sense? I've got two more points, and I'm hurrying. 
If you go back and look at John the Baptist, he didn't choose the easy route. He lived in the wilderness dressed in camel hair, not a camel suit coat, rough camel hair, itchy, scratchy, ate locusts and wild honey. That's not a special diet. That's he didn't have a lot of money. Why? It was his choice to live in a place where he knew God was going to be so real, he didn't want to risk it. He was following prophecy. He knew that not a lot of people would join in necessarily, so he didn't go looking for the crowds. But see, when you become a voice where God's word is flowing you, the people will be looking for you. A good, bad, and not so good. Right? So now what is this saying? This saying, I've got to do some introspection in my life. I've got to look at my life. I've got to first, I've got to agree, number one, that God has given me a voice. What is it? What does it look like? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my skills? What are my passions? I'm not Christ. I'm not Elijah, meaning I'm not trying to imitate someone. Who are you? Who has God created you to be? But then secondly, your voice has a place. Now, this is, this is probably just as important or maybe the most important point right now. Your voice has a place. What, is that, what does that mean? Because it's not the place that you think it is. John shows us here that it was in the wilderness. I'm saying for you, too, it's still going to be a wilderness, but let me explain that. Why is your place going to be a wilderness? Well, what is a wilderness? A wilderness is where things are isolated. A wilderness is thing, a place where things are not expected to happen. There, things are not expected to grow. Things are not expected to be developed. Guess where God loves showing up? He loves showing up at places where people have given up. He loves showing up at places where people have said, it's not going to work here. He loves showing up at places in our lives when people have said, no, they're a lost cause. He loves showing up in those places. So now, Pastor, are you saying that we're going to have to go somewhere and suffer? No, that's when we go back to Acts. When he says, I want you to be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the other parts of the earth. Now, let me just tell you what that means. It might be in the city, it might be in the suburbs, it might be in the county, or it might be around the world. But he's sending you to places. He's sending you to jobs. He's sending you to marriages. He's sending you to relationships that people have said, nothing can grow here anymore. There's no hope here anymore. He's sending you to schools that, that people are saying, it's not working. He's sending you to workplaces that you've been praying to get out, and God's trying to gently let you know, I put you in. I'm the one that puts you there. Start saying thank you. <laughs> I'm the one. I, I, this part may not be the most comfortable part because some of us have been trying to pray to get out of where we are so long. Can I tell you, when you finally get out of something is when you learn why you're there. Until we learn why we, we, where we are sometimes, it, it, it doesn't click anyway. 
Lord, why am I going? Stop asking why and just start saying what? What is it you want me to do, Lord? I'll do it. Because I, I believe, what, what is the wilderness in your life? Well, this last year, in this last year, 2020, and I know we've all experienced this, this whole idea of isolation, right? Do you know this during isolation, when we first started, and I've shared this, when we first started that aspect of isolation, in my mind and in my prayer, I was like, God, this is going to be awesome. You're going to slow us down, and, and, and this might last for 30 or 40 days. So I, I even started it here at the church. Maybe you remember this. I only did it for a couple of weeks, by the way. Let's start tracking, because even though we can't meet in person, what are we going to look like on the other side of this? I want us to be stronger. I want us to be more intense. I want us to be prayer warriors. And it took me about three weeks to realize nobody cared. Now, that's, not, that's no reflection on you. Don't feel judged. Because what God showed me was he needed to slow me down first. I was looking at another campaign. It was another church day, 40 campaign for us. Let's be stronger in 40 days. God says it took 40 years with some people. So, so, and first of all, he wasn't talking about you. He was talking to me. Because it, it took some isolation for me, for me to really be willing to look into the mirror. Some of you are going to feel a lot better about yourselves here in a minute. For me to really look in the mirror and see how messed up I was. And, and God was saying, I'm using this pandemic. He goes, John, I need to slow you down. Because it's not about, it's, you're not Jesus, I am. You're not a prophet. You're, I just need you to be a vessel. But you can't be a vessel all clogged up. You can't be an instrument all messed up. Pastor, what were you involved in? Your life? I was a shepherd, had a lo lot of loving sheep, and, and we just were busy, 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 herding sheep, busy, 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 everybody busy. Did 2020 tell anybody to slow down? Come on, don't stop talking to me. Did 2020 tell anybody to slow down? Did 2020 tell anybody, listen, you, you need to understand you might be chasing some things that you don't need to be chasing. You might be pursuing some things you don't need to be pursuing. If, you know, we quote our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, let us lay down some weight, let us lay aside. He said, you want to quote that, but you don't want to lay anything down. And see, sometimes it takes a wilderness for us to really grow. Sometimes it takes a wilderness because we think sometimes we get to the wilderness, oh, no, I'm in the wilderness. Nothing's going to happen here so I'm just going to go into survival mode until I get to where I think I need to be. And see, what God does in that wilderness, he starts doing a work in you, and it may take some time, because when we isolate, thinking that we're insulating ourselves, we become very lonely. And it's, it's amazing how we blame everybody else for our problems. When all along, God's trying to deal in us. Amen? The streaming people are getting this, guys. So what, what is God saying to us? You have a voice. But your voice is going to be found in places you didn't expect. Your voice is going to be found 
in places that, that although it may be in the city, it may be in where there may be thousands of people around all the time. You may be in the spotlight. You may be in the headlines. You may, that doesn't matter. It, what matters is not that you're in the headlines of something. What matters is there's a wilderness there that God wants you to use. You, you may be serving in places that you think, well, I'm, this really isn't a wilderness. I'm well paid. I've got benefits. Everything's going great. I've got a great job. That's not the wilderness you're in. There's a spiritual wilderness that you need to know. There are people all around you that are hurting and dying spiritually. There are people all around you that are just literally, if they could verbalize to you what they were experiencing, you would be shocked. And it's us taking the time to realize, God's placed me here for a purpose. And it's not for a paycheck. On the other hand, God has some of you as business leaders because he's put you in the business community to be the light that other businesses can see. Because it could be in that business. Am I making any sense to anybody? And see, even with those, some of us have natural talents. And it's easy for us to say, and I'm picking on the praise team a little bit here. It's easy for us to say, well, I use my gifts and talents every Sunday. That's true. But what we do here at church is just as viable and valuable to anything we do out on the street. So it doesn't just, you know, here's another way of saying it. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm preaching today, and I may look like I'm really spiritual today, but I still have to be this way on Monday. I just don't have lights shining down on me. I tried to get those. You can buy those at at Best Buy and just walk around with lights shining on you all day. But that's not life, is it? I, I still really need to be a man of God when I'm with my wife. And listen, I fail miserably. Uh, We all do. Amen. I'm just trying to be transparent because wildernesses come in all shapes and sizes. And and I'll say this, guys. I'm, I'm saying this lovingly. You can decide to live there if you want to. You can decide to live there. But Jesus Christ decides to use you there and draw many people because the third point is a very simple point. You have a voice for a purpose. You have a voice, it's got a place that you may or may not understand, but it's, it's not just a place for you to be blessed, it's a place that's usually a wilderness that God wants to use you for a purpose. What is that purpose? A pathway, a pathway for people to find Jesus. Now in the Old Testament it looked like this, because see, we, he was quoting out of Isaiah, In Isaiah, many, many times throughout the book of Isaiah, last year we did a study out of Isaiah 43, and he talked about that highway of holiness, that highway in the wilderness, that we should stay on that highway. He was talking about the same highway because in ancient cultures, if they knew that a king was coming to the city, they would go out and prepare the rough areas. They would smooth the hills and the valleys. They would make things travelable. Is that a word? They would make things to where the chariots could have passage. They would make make hills and valleys low. 
And see, we, we read that and we think about that sometimes as, yes, Lord, here's my life. Make those hills and valleys. Lord, just give us a straight shot to the restaurant. Hallelujah. That's not at all what he's talking about. When he talks about making the hills and the valleys, John the Baptist came preaching like this. Repent. There's junk in your life that needs to go. Why? Because the king's coming. And it was Old Testament. John the Baptist was Old Testament. (laughs) Repent. Turn from your evil ways because God is coming. I came to prepare the pathway. I came to make things ready for the king to show up. So now what, what are we saying? Go in and make a lot of people mad? No. No. Preparing the way means that I understand that in the wilderness I'm in, that the voice that I have, whether it's the church, whether it's a classroom, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm at work, whether I'm home with my children, whether I'm with my spouse, I'm not there to show them who the boss is. I'm there to prepare a way for the Lord to get to them. That's preparing hearts. That's prepare, that happens in conversations. So now there, there may be physical words, but it happens in actions. It happens in how we treat people. It happens that when you treat someone wrong, ask forgiveness. It happens that you don't have to get your way. Somebody say amen. Pastor, you've ruined my whole prayer life now. Our whole prayer life was based on, Lord, fix them and give me. We don't want to have to forgive anybody, and we just want to be taken care of. That's not, listen, I I know some of us are are, are not there. I'm just being sarcastic. Not really. Because here's, here's what he's saying. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord. What is God trying to do in our lives? When I look at the, the, the world that we're living in, just if I can close by just talking about a few things we're doing at the church, um, but maybe what God wants to do in your personal life. Because I want you to be thinking, what, what voice has God given you? Um, for instance, Ulyssa has got us involved in this powerful ministry to reach with Mercy Drops Ministries. And we're in the process now of, and it's, it's, we're moving slow because we want to be powerful and effective with it. It's, it's more than just feeding. That's, that's, that's pretty significant. It's more than just offering help. It's literally deciding this is our neighborhood. We're going to love them till Jesus comes. We're going to serve them. They may never attend this building, but we're going to get church around them as often as we can. We're going to meet needs. And this isn't just about social time. It's about really finding out what the needs of people are. It's very difficult to speak into the spirit of someone until you've spoken into their social life. But when you help meet a need, you've got their attention. Now, I say that because there are needs all around us, but as a church, we're trying to really get our resources specifically focused so we can not just have a shotgun pattern, but laser-like focus. But now, what does that mean for you and I? In this last year of scatteredness and isolation, not got a hard timeline on it, but I promise you it's going to be in the next 
three weeks, four weeks. We're starting two different Bible studies, possibly three. If, if you've been around here at all long enough, and if you've been watching and you've been a part of the church for any amount of time, we've always had grace groups. But, but even the program like grace groups that seem to be solidified and functional, you know, 2020 dumped all the programming you thought was working on its head. Because here's what I've discovered about God. He is not limited to a program. So what does that mean for us? We've got several Bible studies. As a matter of fact, they're both going to be the two Bible studies, one for men and one for women. And they're both going to be on the book of John. You get, you're right. John. They're both going to be on John. I think it's pretty cool that we're going to be studying like that together. Um, we might have a group for married couples because if you're sitting in this room through 2020, your marriage has either gotten stronger or hit the rocks. Can I get an amen or an oh me? Okay, now why is that important? Because the marriages that are doing good need to get around the marriages who aren't and, and love on each other. So everybody can feel and understand, not just happy feelings, but you can all know we're in this together. Nobody's perfect. Nothing's going down. I might smile all the time, but you ought to see the other side. Now, why am I saying that? Because if we don't intentionally be a voice, we're just going to float through another year. And I'm not, I'm not trying to speak this into anyone's life, but look back over your life right now. You have year by year cyclically done the same thing. Great intentions, whatever you want to call it, laziness, whatever, what inconsistency, whatever you want to call it, and then you get back about November and you're like, in the name of Jesus, next year's going to be different. And you're still facing the same stupid stuff because you won't grow in the wilderness because you won't be a voice. You, you choose not to be a voice. You know, I'm going to be a voice. Man, I, I've got a lot in me this morning. Maybe this is going to be a part two to this next week. Because here, here listen, I, and Nick's not here this morning, so I, I really don't want to, just won't embarrass him. I just hate talking about him when he's not here. But this whole pandemic, it's forced a lot of you to become creative in different areas. And where you thought you had a voice, God had a bigger plan. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, he wouldn't have pushed you out of what you thought was normal. So, for instance, Nick, Pastor Nick, um, has not only just risen to the occasion with the media and just everything we're doing with media, he started a podcast. Now, that may have always been on his agenda, but it, it was nowhere closer where he's doing it now. But he started a podcast, and this young man is speaking levels of wisdom. This is where I'm going to embarrass him. That you would not believe. See, that almost sounds like I don't expect Nick to have a whole lot of wisdom. That's not what I need. That's not what I mean, Pastor Nick. He speaks wisdom at levels that when I listen to him, I, I'm thinking, thank God. God, you're raising up a generation who know how to speak death to a young generation. 
Because, see, I already know. I'm not, I'm not silly. I'm 58. To a, a younger, even a college crowd, I'm, I got one foot in the grave, and they're trying to kick the other. Right? <laughs> now, I rebuke it too, brother. Amen. But now here's, here's what I'm saying. God's trying to give you voices. God's trying to give you a voice. Don't sit back, well, you know, I'm waiting till I graduate. For what? It's not like you're going to get a job. It's, it's not like college guarantees you a job. You know, what are you waiting on? Well, I'm, I'm waiting till I get that raise. Do you understand that we're in a pandemic? That if you have a job, you're blessed? You might not get a raise for a while. Serve God now. Show God that you can be faithful with what you have right now. Uh, I hope I'm making sense. I'm taking a little bit longer than usual because you're not acting like it. Because when you understand that God's given you a voice, you don't just gather on Sundays and hope to participate. We become movers and shakers in the kingdom. And people start looking for you. People start looking for you. Not because you have all the answers, but because the answer is in you, the word. Amen? Let's all stand. So this week, as we pray, what are the steps you're going to take to start saying, yes, Lord, I know I have a voice. What is it? What's your passion? What is it that you've been studying? What is it that you've been preparing for? Go ahead and step out in it. But I don't have money. <laughs> what? You know, if you feel like God wants you to witness to somebody, just go stand on a corner and try it, you know. But they may make fun of me. They already are, guys. You just haven't stopped long enough to realize it. Go ahead and embrace it. Go ahead and embrace it. it maybe you feel like God is calling you or, or egging you to, to start something at work. Or, and I don't want you to feel like I'm trying to call you into pastoral ministry. That's not it at all. How about just being nice to people? How about deciding, you know what, this week, when I talk to my employees, I'm not going to curse them out. Pastor, we are Christians. You are very much human beings. Amen? Man, they got a pretty uh, messed up church there at Grace River, don't they? Yeah. We're all sinners saved by grace. I know it's popular to say we're priests and kings in the kingdom of God. No, we're sinners saved by grace first. And then through grace, God develops men and women of God who are following him. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, wherever each of us are, right here, right now, God, I pray that through the leading of your Holy Spirit, we leave differently than we came in. We make decisions in our, our spirit, man and woman, that today, the voice you have given me, God, it may not be the audible voice, but the gifts and the talents, the abilities, God, starting today, I'm using them for you. I will no longer be in a place that the world says nothing can survive. God, I pray that through my life in the wilderness you have placed me in, things begin to thrive, not because I'm somebody but the God of all creation is in me. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, Lord, and we are filled with you today. Use us, God. 
Lord, help us to embrace the places you put us in. Lord, help us to stop saying, I, I, don't, I can't wait to get out of here. Lord, it's what you're trying to do in there. Lord, use us, I pray. Let those places, Lord, show us that it's in those wilderness places that you're going to cause gardens to grow. Wells of life will begin to spring up. Marriages will be healed. Sons and daughters will be delivered. Uh, drug addicts will be delivered. Uh, those addicted to porn or, or alcohol, whatever. Lord, there's going to be deliverance after deliverance because in the midst of what people said was impossible, you are a God in whom all things are possible. And so, Lord, it's through that that even takes us to our purpose. Lord, I pray that, that we even stop praying, Lord, what's my purpose? Lord, let us hear today that our purpose is to build a pathway for people to find you. Be a light that shines in the darkness. Be salt that whets their appetite that they really don't want to keep living until they've experienced you. Now, Lord, use us. Holy Spirit, speak to us, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. I love you. Go be a voice. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.